All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Speak to the Beak. I am Tim the Ferds. We are flying solo on this New Year's Eve. Uh, figured to record the podcast, get this out on Friday. So while most of you are recovering from your night out, you have a little sports content for you going on there. No Lou, he's not around. I think he's in Florida or something. So you get stuck with me one-on-one today. Uh, so here's what's on the docket. We are going to preview some of the Week 17 games and hit a couple of uh, storylines that I think go well with some of them. Uh, you know, you guys on the drill at this point, we kind of go through all the games. Some of the games are meaningless, so we'll probably skip over those today and kind of just hit them quick. Uh, but we're going to start with Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins was released uh, by Washington a couple of days ago. They cut him. No one claimed him on waivers. I've seen a lot of different opinions on this on the internet. You know, like I saw Booger McFarland on ESPN uh, making it about race, and then people on Twitter making it about race, and I, I don't know. I just think it's because he's a clown. <laughs> like, first of all, if you watch him play, he's horrendous. Um, but on top of that, he just, he does dumb things, like, off the field, right? Remember his first career win, he was out here, like, they couldn't find him because he was taking selfies with the fans, um, and they had had someone else go out and take uh, the final snap of the game. And then, you know, just last week, he's out at a strip club without a mask on. Um, there's a lot. There's not a lot going on that's well with Dwayne Haskins. Um, but just from an on-the-point, on-the-point, uh, on-the-field point here, he is career 3-10 with 12 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. So it's not like he's exactly killing it on the field. He's actually horrendous. Um, he's easily, when he's out there, he is hands down the worst starting quarterback in the league. So that's the first problem. Next, this is not the first, you know, regime that didn't want this guy around. You know, when Gruden was the coach, he went on record pretty much saying he didn't want this guy. Dan Snyder picked him anyway, because that's, that's who runs the franchise there. And then... As soon as Ron Rivera came in, he traded for Kyle Allen, which is not, that's like a red flag, I guess, on Dwayne Haskins. Like, how does a new coach come in and immediately say, like, oh, no, 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 no. We have to go get my backup from where I just came from. He's gotten benched, Dwayne Haskins. The way I look at it is now four separate times, even though it was only happened three times. So he got benched for Colt McCoy going back to last season. They traded for Kyle Allen. He got benched for Kyle Allen. And then instead of going back to Dwayne Haskins, the Washington pretty much said, you know, I think we're better off starting the guy who almost had his leg amputated and his leg entirely reconstructed than starting Dwayne Haskins. And this guy hasn't taken a snap in over, you know, whatever, a year and a half, two years. We're better off with that guy, the guy who can't move, you know, the guy whose wife is in the stands having a panic attack because she's afraid that he's going to get hit. That's the guy they went with, Alex Smith. And then, you know, Smith gets hurt. Haskins comes back in. He gets benched for, who is it, Tyler Heineke? Who the hell is that? I have no idea who that guy is. And he immediately comes out against the Panthers 
and he's throwing seeds all over the field. He threw a deep touchdown to J.D. McKissick, right? So clearly it's not the players around Dwayne Haskins that are the problem. Uh, I keep calling the Redskins. Washington football team um, that has a, a problem with him. It's not the players around him, it's him. I personally think that he's pretty much Demarcus Russell, except in a different variety. He'll be out of the league in a couple of years. He's terrible. Um, not only is it that he's terrible, but like I said, it's more of that he's just a complete clown off the field, right? And there's a bunch of coaches that have you know, pretty much said, as long as your play outweighs your problems, you're good. Um, well, for right now, Dwayne Haskins, his play doesn't outweigh anything. So there, no one's going to put up with this guy doing all this stupid nonsense. I know he was a first-round pick. Some team will probably take a flyer on him. You know, I saw some report that Carolina is interested in him, whatever. Uh, I'm sure he'll be out of the league in a couple of years, and it'll be a non-factor. So just wanted to start off with that. I don't think it has anything to do with, you know, what surrounds Haskins. It's just that he's awful, and he's a complete clown. He's a joke. Um, you know, like, I think a guy that would straighten him up would be like J.J. Watt. I don't know if you guys heard that. We'll talk about that when we get to the Texans game, but ridiculous. All right, so let's move on to uh, some of the games coming up this Sunday, Week 17. Some pretty big games, obviously, last week of the regular season. We'll just go in order. Uh, if the game doesn't really mean anything, we'll hopefully find a storyline that goes along with the game. So our first game on the docket here, Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. It's still unclear as of I'm recording this, so 1.30 in the afternoon on Thursday, if Buffalo is going to rest their starters. I don't think they do because they could still get the number two seed in the AFC. And even though Kansas City is not playing well right now, I think every team would honest would probably say they want to avoid Kansas City until the end if they can avoid it. Um, but I have two because I think Buffalo is going to win this game if they play their starters. I have two main takeaways from this game. Uh, then obviously Josh Allen is going to get a huge payday because he's definitely earned it. The Bills developed him really well. Uh, I was personally wrong about Josh Allen when he was coming out of Wyoming. I was just like, this dude is straight up trash. Like, can't complete a pass. And his first two years in the league, he was not accurate still. But he uh, fixed his mechanics. He became a lot more accurate. So I'll definitely admit to that I was being wrong about that. I thought he was going to be the guy the Jets settled for. Uh, it turns out he's the best one out of every quarterback in that class. But my two main things are this. I'll start with uh, Stephon Diggs. First of all, I love you, Stephon Diggs, on a personal level, because you won me my dynasty championship, so God bless you. Um, but I think what happened with Stephon Diggs, remember, he was in Minnesota. Everyone kind of had him labeled as this diva that just wanted the ball. He complained a lot, you know. Well, it turns out Stephon Diggs was right, where if he gets targeted a lot, he can really flip a game for a team. And he's taking Josh Allen to the next level. He's taking the Buffalo Bills to the next level. I don't think... Like, that trade worked out for both teams. I know Justin Jefferson's good, but he's not Stephon Diggs. Um, if you're ranking receivers right now, how many receivers you'd rather have than Stephon Diggs? Right? Devontae Adams, probably. Tyreek Hill. I guess DeAndre Hopkins, even though the slow receivers don't really do it for me. But all right, I'll throw him in there because he's really good. And then after those three, I mean, who, who would you rather have than Diggs? I mean, I think I'm taking Diggs. I mean, I'm taking Diggs over Hopkins, but... Because Stephon Diggs right now, after this season, is literally Antonio Brown, minus being a complete psychopath. That's how good I think Stephon Diggs is. 
right? I mean, who else is in the conversation? I guess DK Metcalf. I'd rather have Stephon Diggs, but DK Metcalf's really good. I mean, I'm trying to go team by team really quick. I'd rather have him both than uh, over both Rams receivers. I'd rather have him over probably every receiver in the AFC West, I guess, except for Tyreek Hill, maybe Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's really good, too. Um, AFC North, rather have him over every single one of those guys, except for Adams. I mean, uh, that's NFC North. AFC North, I think he's hands down the best receiver out of everyone in that division, right? I mean, the Bengals, T. Higgins, no. Pittsburgh, they're they're just happy if their guys catch the ball. (laughs) Um, Baltimore doesn't have any wide receivers. And then Cleveland, whatever, no. You know, NFC South, I guess the Bucks guys, trio of Evans, Godwin, and Antonio Brown. I mean, if Antonio Brown was not like a complete psychopath, obviously, I think he's the best receiver in the league still. So uh, he just comes with way too much baggage in order to take him over someone like that. AFC South, you taking any of those guys over, Diggs? Like, I don't think you are. So uh, he's easily a top five receiver. For me, he's a top three receiver. Uh, he's really transformed the Buffalo Bills. Um, and I just wanted to we got to show some respect there because I, I think that he's on par of like and pre-prime peak Antonio Brown. That's how good he is. For the Miami Dolphins, um, they need a quarterback. I said it before the draft. I would not take Tua. I didn't like Tua. I don't like taking Alabama quarterbacks. And on top of that, he was coming out injured. The injury looks okay. Obviously, he could still move. He could still throw. I just don't think he's that good. That's my problem with him. I don't think he's any good. He's now gotten benched two separate times in games against, actually both against AFC West opponents, believe it or not. Uh, Denver, who has a solid defense, I guess, but they're not amazing. No Von Miller. And uh, the Raiders, who are terrible on defense. I don't know if there's a team that's worse defensively than the Raiders. And both times he got benched, Fitzpatrick came in, and instantly offense was clicking. I don't know if the – well, no, I don't. that's not that I don't know. The Dolphins would never admit publicly that they need a quarterback after taking this guy in the top five last year. And obviously, if they could have a do-over, they would take Justin Herbert. Uh, just just saying I had him mocked to go to the Dolphins. But that's okay. Um, I think Herbert is hands down right now better than two. It's not even close. So, listen, the Dolphins have an interesting decision they're going to have to make. I know they're trying to make the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. But just file it in the back of your head. Dolphins have a top five pick with the Houston Texans pick. Could they take another quarterback? I don't know. But just throwing it out there. In terms of the game here, if Miami wins, they're in. Uh, if Buffalo wins, they're the two seed. But like we said, we don't know if Buffalo's playing their guys. I'm going to take the the Bills if they play their guys. Obviously, if they rest everyone, I'll probably take Miami. So that game is kind of up in the air. Uh, next game here, Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't really have much to dissect here the Bengals are going to get stomped I mean the line right now is Baltimore given 13 I don't think there's any way that either Ryan Finley and or Brandon Allen does anything against his Ravens defense the Ravens need this game to get into the playoffs I'm going to take the Ravens I will say the Ravens are getting hot at the right time so they're I mean they're not a team if I was an AFC team that I would love to play um, just because they have a lot of talent but that's kind of what's going on there uh, with the Ravens, obviously. Can Lamar Jackson win a playoff game with his arm? Uh, TBD. We'll see. Moving on. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns. This is a huge game. Uh, Cleveland needs this to get in after they lost to the Jets last week, which was just pathetic in and of itself. 
They threw the ball like 50 times, even though all their receivers had COVID. Uh, Pittsburgh is resting Ben Roethlisberger and TJ Watt. So they'll be starting Mason Rudolph. So my key headliner for this game is we get to see Mason Rudolph versus Miles Garrett 2.0. And I'm here for every second of it, even though I'm sure if Miles Garrett even goes near that guy, there's going to be a fight. So listen, the line on this is actually Pittsburgh getting nine points. Um, I actually took this for the Friday fire because I know Mason Rudolph is straight up terrible, but if you're going to give Pittsburgh close to 10 points in a game that they still need to win if they want the two seed, because they're not resting everyone. They're only resting two guys uh, that are like key cogs to their team. And it's just, do you trust Cleveland to make it happen in a win and get in game? Because Cleveland hasn't played this a big a, ga- a game this big in... I don't even know how long <laughs> it's been since they've played an important game. That's how long they've been terrible. Um, and, you know, if they don't get in, and it's going to go back to that loss they had against the Jets, that's going to be a long off season for the Cleveland Browns and their fans. So this is a big divisional game. I think Cleveland's going to win, but in terms of my Friday fire, I just don't know if they're going to cover the spread. Um, let's go to the next one. Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. This game means absolutely nothing. Dalvin Cook's not playing. Uh, my one storyline, though, for the Lions, well, I guess it would be two storylines, is what do you do with Matt Stafford? Not because he's bad. He's obviously a good quarterback because you see what happens the second they take him out. They can't even get a first down. So, But it, I guess it's we're getting to that time where if he still has a lot of trade value and if a team is willing to give you a haul of picks for him, like, let's just throw a team out there that's going to need a quarterback. Like, I don't know. I'm trying, like, well, you wouldn't trade him to the Bears, but, like, a team like the Bears or, like, the the Washington, like, if they traded for Matt Stafford, if they were willing to give you their first-round pick and something else for him, I mean, do you do it? Do you just tank pretty much next year and then restart from there? Because this defense is old and slow. And their offense, I'm assuming they're going to lose Kenny Galladay because there's no way this dude has been sitting out this long with an injury. He's definitely been healthy for like over a month now, and I just don't think they want to play him. Oh, I don't I don't think he wants to play because he's a free agent coming up, and I think it's going to be where does he land in free agency? Real quick, three teams I'll throw out there. Giants, Jets, Texans. Uh, I don't think the Texans have enough cap space to get him, so I think it's going to come down to one of the two New York teams, uh, and that would be huge for the Jets, actually, if they took that kind of transition just to us to our next game. If the Jets took Penny Sewell and then they signed Kenny Galladay, you have probably the two best tackles in the league combination-wise, and now you have a number one receiver to go with everyone else you have there already. So now you're really seeing if Sam Darnold was the problem after all. Um, The Jets are playing the Patriots this week. I know this sounds (laughs) weird, but I actually like the Jets in this game. They've been playing really well. They should have three wins in their past four games, if not for the Greg Williams Raiders thing. Uh, And the Patriots are just terrible, right? I know there's a lot going on on, like, Twitter and stuff. Like, oh, Belichick needs Tom Brady and all this, you know. Could you imagine if anyone else was the coach of this Patriots team? How many wins do you think they'd have? Two? Maybe three? Right? The Patriots have no talent on this roster whatsoever. And I get it. That's partially Bill Belichick's fault because he's the general manager as well as that coach. Um, But listen, Cam Newton is terrible. I've been saying it's for five years. Cam Newton has been terrible. I don't know. You guys are living in like 2014. Cam Newton is not good. 
If not for Dwayne Haskins, he would easily be the worst starting quarterback in the league. He is horrendous. I don't know. I think I'm going to take the Jets in this game. The Jets are playing really well. The Patriots are not playing well. The Jets actually had them beat the last time they were playing the Patriots, and that's when the Patriots were kind of playing at least decent. Um, I don't know. The, the thing for the Jets going into the offseason is going to be, what do they do uh, draft pick-wise? And obviously we have a really long offseason to talk about You know what they're going to do for their offseason plans, so we'll kind of save that. But that's kind of what we're looking at there. Uh, obviously everyone's playing on Sunday, so it's a lot of 1 o'clock games. We have two more to go. Cowboys-Giants, the winner of this game, actually is going to have a chance to make the playoffs as the NFC East champion if Washington loses to Philadelphia later that day. Look, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if the Giants can score with the Cowboys because uh, the Cowboys have definitely the guys who could move the ball between CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, Zeke, Tony Pollard, you know, etc. I just think the crazy thing about this game is that the Giants could win the division at 6-10. and 10. And it's funny, right? Like, in five, if, they, if that happens in five years from now, in ten years from now, when you go to MetLife Stadium... And you see, you know, New York Giants, 2020 NFC East champions, the banner hanging up. But you're not. It's not going to say, "Oh yeah, we sucked and went six and ten. It's just going to say we won the NFC East, which is just a funny thing to me. Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys though, because I just don't trust the Giants right now. But the Giants' defense is good. I think losing Barkley really hurt them. Final game at one o'clock, Falcons at the Buccaneers. Uh, I think this is going to be the Buccaneers locking up the five seed. The Falcons had the Buccaneers beat last time they played. That was in a dome. We know Matt Ryan outside the dome is horrendously bad. I just think the Buccaneers are better than the Falcons, and there's not really much to analyze here. I will say, though, if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, I would be careful about wanting to play Washington. In that first round. I would be hoping Philadelphia beats them. So that literally any other team from the NFC East gets in. Because in games where the Buccaneers have had to play guy teams. That have a good pass rush. They have not been good. And if there's the only thing Washington does right pretty much. Is get after the quarterback. With Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat and friends. Right? So I'm just throwing that out there. A little caution for you. A little caution. All right, so let's move on to the 430 slate, 425, whatever you want to call it. Um, so here we go. First game. This is probably the biggest one of the window, actually. Packers-Bears. Bears win and get in. Packers win. They get the one seed. This is a huge game for the Packers for two reasons. One, like I just said, they could get the number one overall seed if they win this game, which means obviously all the games would go to Lambeau Field for the NFC playoffs, which is huge for them because obviously we know Aaron Rodgers in the Arctic is not even a problem for him. Um, second reason it's big for the Packers is mainly for Aaron Rodgers wants the MVP, and I think that he could win it if he throttles the Bears this Sunday. Right now, Mahomes has not played well the past two or three games because he's trying to be Superman when he doesn't need to be. Rodgers has been killing it. Now, he does have a much better run game, obviously, than Mahomes does, but if you just look at sheer numbers-wise, their numbers are pretty much the same. And if the Packers go 13-3 and three and he crushes the Bears, because Mahomes not playing on Sunday, 
So his stats are going to stay exactly the same. If Rodgers puts up a huge game against the Bears, I think he'll have the MVP locked up um, for them. For the Bears, this is a big game because if they could somehow get in after six straight losses, that would be insanity. Mr. Trubisky's been playing really well. Now, I know he still makes a couple of boneheaded decisions, like, you know, here or there when he's back there, quarterback. But, I mean, listen, they put up 30-plus points four games in a row. That's not something Trubisky normally does. I'm going to take the Packers just because right now I think they're playing the best football out of anyone in the whole league, including the Chiefs. So that's where I'm going. I'm taking the Bears to, I mean, the Packers to lock up the one seed. Next game, next two games actually are kind of uh, pointless. You got Raiders and Broncos. No playoff implications here. Obviously, storylines going to the offseason. Is John Elway going to take another quarterback? I mean, at this point, I think we should let John Elway pick everyone on the roster except the quarterback. Because he's actually a good GM when it comes to finding any other position except quarterback. So I would kind of let him do his thing, but just bring someone in and help him with the quarterback. Uh, For the Raiders, this was a terrible collapse for them. I thought they were a lock to make the playoffs. They were like 7 or 6-2 and like a couple weeks ago, and now they're 7-8. and Um, This is a bad... This was a bad downturn for the Raiders. I guess they're going to run it back next year, same squad, right? I mean, they're they're once again in that area where they can't really upgrade from Derek Carr. And it's not his fault they lost the past two games. It's not on him. It's on the defense. Because they had the Dolphins beat, thanks to Derek Carr driving them down. And they had the Chargers beat. Both times, the defense slash special teams unit let them down. The Raiders could easily be 9-6 and right now. Just throwing that out there. Uh, Jags, Colts. Listen, the Colts need this game to get in. There's no way the Jaguars beat them a second time this year. I'm taking the Colts. We all know Jaguars getting Trevor Lawrence. Not much news there. Um, as a Chiefs fan, I want the Colts to get in because if we could somehow play them in the playoffs, I'd be very happy because Phillip Rivers will cost them a game. So that's nice. Uh, here we go. Chargers and Chiefs. Another game, which is kind of meaningless. The Chiefs already clinched the one seed overall. Uh, Mahomes and all the starters are not going to play. So this is pretty much the Chiefs' backups scrimmaging the Chargers. Um, Not really much to report here, except I think Justin Herbert should win Rookie of the Year. Sorry, Justin Jefferson. But, I mean, when you're a rookie quarterback and you've broken every single rookie quarterback record there is, I think you should get uh, Rookie of the Year. So just throwing that out there. Uh, I'll be curious to see if... These past couple of games, though, saves Anthony Lynn his job if they end up going 7-9. and Because remember, they've lost five games by less than one possession. Even if they only win two of those games, they could have finished like 9-7 and seven or 10-6. and six. So, you know, just something to keep in mind there. I know a lot of teams on the East Coast here that don't really know that Anthony Lynn does not know how to manage a game at the end. Kind of want him to be the next coach of the New York Jets, potentially. You know, he's a New York guy. You know, he was on the staff with Rex and all them. We'll see. Um, you know, let's run through these last couple. Cardinals-Rams. Now, this is a huge game. Arizona Cardinals need a win to get in. Kyler Murray banged up against Aaron Donald and friends. L.A. Rams, no Jared Goff, need to win and get in against the Cardinals. Now, I've listened to like a lot of other sports podcasts or I've seen on Twitter that if 
the Cardinals can't beat the Rams this week, that we shouldn't take the Cardinals seriously, or Cliff Kingsbury, etc., etc. I actually have a counter-argument to that, because it's like, because everyone's saying, if the Cardinals can't beat the Rams' backup quarterback, how can you take them seriously? And my response is kind of like, I don't think this really bothers the Rams that much because they never have a quarterback because Jared Goff sucks. Right? I mean, he's he's been terrible this year. He's been terrible the year before that. The year they went to the Super Bowl, he just happened to have a good year. He was terrible before Sean McVay got there. If you're in Sean McVay's system and you're currently at 20 touchdown, 13 picks, and they're like the number two or three rushing offense in the entire league, you're horrendous because everyone's buying in on the run. You just don't make good enough throws. And everyone's going to say, like, oh, I know, I get it. He was hurt last week, but like, he's been bad all season. So is it really that big of a drop-off to go from Jared Goff to here? Let's see if we can find him real quick. What are his stats looking like? Jared Goff for the 2020 season. All right, so for his career, he completes 63% of his passes, but this year 20 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. And if you look at passing yards per game, right, quarterback rating, 61, 89, 74, 104, 52, 65, 72, 79. Like, he's just not that good. And that's games from this season in particular. Now, obviously, is he better than this guy I've never heard of, John Walford? Probably, because Goff was the first overall pick. But is it really that big of a step down to go from Jared Goff to Walford? I guess we'll find out this weekend. Uh, because if the, if the Cardinals lose and Walford does exactly what Goff does, I really don't think it's a big that big of a deal. Like, the Rams have a problem. They know it, that Jared Goff's terrible. And I all I can say is thank God that the team I root for is not stuck with one of those. Because, whew, if we had a Carson Wentz or a Jared Goff, I'd be very upset. Two more, three more games at 4.30. We have the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. I'm just going to take the Seahawks. I think the 49ers did the best they could despite all their injuries. The Seahawks still have a chance at the number one overall seed. And that's just pretty much where they're at. You know, they're like we know. Their defense has been playing better, but they haven't played anyone who's good. Russell Wilson, we know, is obviously an elite quarterback. I just don't know if the 49ers can, can keep up with them in this game. Uh, Saints-Panthers... Another game, not much to note here. The Saints still have a shot at the one seed, but they need the Packers to lose a game. Panthers, I think they're going to be a, a big jump team next year because like, I really like their roster, and I think if they give Bridgewater another year in the system, they can easily be 8-8 eight and eight next season because they, they might finish 5-11. and 11. I don't think three wins is that big of a jump for them that they can't, they can't make that happen next year. So just throwing that out there. My big thing with the Saints, though, is that they're not going to win the Super Bowl because they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl. There's no way that Drew Brees can win them playoff games because he literally cannot throw more than 12 yards. It's sad to say because I like Drew Brees. I think he's a really good quarterback. Obviously, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He can't throw anymore. He can't throw. You saw him against the Chiefs. Like, I get, oh, he might have been injured still. Like, all right, how about... If they didn't run for seven touchdowns against the Vikings, they would have lost the game. Because he literally can't throw the ball downfield. Like, I, they're better with Taysom Hill at quarterback. He's not what Drew Brees is mentally, and he's not as accurate as Drew Brees, but at least he could throw the ball. Like, if you, Drew Brees can't throw the ball. It's just 
So they're out of the discussion for me as a team that could win the Super Bowl. Uh, here we go. Last 430 game, Titans-Texans. I think if the Texans get destroyed by Derrick Henry in this game, J.J. Watt might murder somebody after the game. They're going to have to bail him out of jail because he's going to kill somebody. Um, he was just going at everyone on the team last week, it sounded like, just going in, saying how you get paid a lot of money, you better show up to play and practice and prepare, which it seems like they have a culture problem there, which I wouldn't doubt because I'm sure Bill O'Brien created something that you really can't go back from. Titans, Derrick Henry has an outside chance to rush for 2,000 yards. He would need 200-plus in this game, but every time he plays the Texans, he runs for pretty much a buck 85, so he does have a chance there. The Titans, another team we saw last week, they kind of got exposed against the Packers. They're not a team that's going to go to the Super Bowl because they have no defense. They have no pass rush. They have no cover corners. They have no linebackers. They have Simmons on defense, and that's pretty much it. And Kevin Byard. They have no one else. And we saw last week, if you could stop Derrick Henry, they can't do anything on offense. And like I know people have said Ryan Tannehill's stats, his stats, like I get it. But when you only have to throw the ball 22 times a game and people are wide open because it's all play action, it doesn't really take that much skill now, does it? So just throwing that out there. Um, the Titans will win this week, and they will get into the playoffs. And they'll probably win their first-round matchup, but then after that with the other big boys, I don't know if they'll be able to hold on. Final game of the day, Washington football team at the Philadelphia Eagles. This is for all the marbles in the NFC East. Washington wins, they get in. Eagles win, the winner of Dallas and New York Giants get in. couple things here. If Alex Smith plays, I'm taking Washington because he knows how to win regular season games when they matter. Check down machine, high completion, the whole thing. For the Eagles, I think this is a big game for them because if they don't win this game, Doug Peterson could get fired, and I'm just going to float the idea out there that it's possible, it's possible that maybe Lincoln Riley gets lured from Oklahoma, you know, he, he coached Jalen Hurts there, just throwing that out there, to come coach the Eagles with Jalen Hurts as their quarterback. Just throwing it out there. All right. So that's all of our Week 17 games. Last thing we're going to do today, I'm going to go over some awards that I would like to see won here um, by, well, not like to see, but I think my kind of predictions for some of the awards. So MVP, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. I do think he has caught up to Mahomes. Mahomes has played like dog shit the past three weeks. Rodgers has been on fire. And if he throttles the Bears, I think he has that locked up. And I'm a Chiefs fan, so there's not even a debate there from me. Coach of the year, I'm still giving it to Brian Flores because he doesn't have a quarterback and they're about to go 11-5 and five potentially. So, But I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Sean McDermott got it or Mike Tomlin maybe, even though they kind of fell off, so I doubt it'll be him now. You know, potentially I could see somebody like Matt LaFleur getting it, like one of those guys. But my money's on Brian Flores. Um, offensive Rookie of the Year, like I said before earlier in the podcast, I'm going to go with, uh, what's his name? Oh, my goodness. 
Justin Herbert. I don't know. I had a brain fart right there. I'm going to go with Justin Herbert based off of I just think he's better than like in terms of who I'm taking for this award. Like he he's broken, like I said before, he broke all of the um rookie quarterback records. And I know Justin Jefferson's had a really good year too, but I'm going to go with Herbert. And I just had a massive brain fart during that little part right there. Um, for my defensive rookie of the year, I think the hype machine might give it to Chase Young. But my pick personally, I'm going to go with Jeremy Chin from the Carolina Panthers. He's kind of like their hybrid safety linebacker type guy. He could play coverage. He could play in the box. I think guys like that are just super, 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 super valuable to teams. Uh, he's had a bunch of huge game for the Panthers. If he doesn't win the award, like I wouldn't be shocked because I could see like Antoine Winfield Jr., who I wanted the Chiefs to take, uh, to potentially win this award, uh, or Chase Young. But I just personally think Jeremy Chin definitely is on an inside track there to potentially make some noise uh, for this award. So that's going to wrap it up for me, New Year's Eve here. This will be out Friday morning. You guys know, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Tim Ferdinand. Follow us, at Beak Brands, on Instagram and Twitter. Hit me up. Make sure you like, share. You know, the podcast is on Spotify. Tell your friends. Help get us some love here. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.